Welcome back to Majors and Murder Dads, the show about the Baldur's Gate games and beyond. As always, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. Wow, we're back. This is episode 79. It's it's real. It's real now. And if you are listening to this, it's just been an uninterrupted stream of steady content uh, about Icewind Dale. Mm-hmm. If you're us, Danny and Cameron, it hasn't been that. Mm-hmm. And we are us. No, and that's that. This is the only reality we know. We can mm. project our no. our spirit into your brain and, no. and experience the the world the way you do. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the season, we'll be able to do that. That's a higher spell slot because, uh, yeah, we've been recording these for six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a while that we we have chosen, or just fate has intervened and and caused this to work out this way uh especially given that this is probably the shortest game we've played on this show yeah i'm looking here let me let me see here uh properties do 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 oh no i i copied and pasted some files so that's not gonna oh i recorded the first episode for icewind dale in august of 2021 <laughs> Also, uh, wasn't the last? I thought that the last episode might have been August of twenty twenty one. I looked at the no. I looked at the Chivos. <laughs> that can't be true. We haven't. We we can't have recorded our last January fifth. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess maybe the last uh, Chivo I had in this game was uh, Yuxaname. Mm-hmm. They haven't given you any Chivos since. I guess not. Let me look. So unlocked. Yeah. You should no, have a uh, uh, giant killer. Do you not? Uh, yeah, that was today. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, maybe no Chivos in between there. Because, yeah, so it's just taking us a long time to do this. So uh, if, we get, if we're a little hazy on the deets here. Well, that's why I was so thankful when you offered before we started recording to summarize the plot. Of yeah, Iceland I'm Day. not going to do that, though, because that's your job. That's interesting that you would, <laughs> uh, you know, that you would say that we can't put our spirits into other people, blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet you would attempt to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What's what's happened so far? I mean, this is this is also <laughs> part of it. Maybe we don't really feel any urgency to record this. Because it's not like there's a lot going on. <laughs> there really isn't a lot going on. There is, uh, we are being occasionally, we are, we have made a group of adventurers, right? Yeah. Each one of them, uh, we, we have like constructed and crafted. We might go over our party composition, uh, this episode and kind of give us a little, give everybody a little update about what's going on with our party. But we've, we've created all of these people. There is no scripted interaction among party mm-hmm. members. So the way in which we are interacting with the world is there are some people in the world that say, y'all need to go th- over here. <laughs> and then we go over there and we kill 90% of the things there. Yeah. Uh, if not 99 and uh, occasionally we'll meet um, usually uh, a slave who says, please help yeah. me. And then we help them. 
Like that is what is happening in this. Game. A lot of slavery going on in Icewind Dale. That might yeah. it might be their primary economy. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's pretty rough. It is the the go to for this game, and it's wild because this episode was so these last two chapters we've kind of been going one chapter per episode mm-hmm. um, so far. And you made the call, hey, let's just do two chapters this episode because these are short chapters. These are very, these went by very <laughs> quickly for me. I don't know about you. Well, I've got a great story about that too that I'll tell when we get there. But yeah, it, it is quite interesting that I don't know why Yuxuname, by the way, in the uh, never ending story episode of the bonus episodes of uh, uh, Homestuck made this world. I was mm-hmm. talking about one of the characters in the Never Ending Story. I was like, you know, Yuxuname. And Michael's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. That's different. That's a different thing. But uh, the uh, that was like, that is the biggest, like, straight up roadblock in this video game. Everything after that has been smooth sailing. It's a real avant garde move to put the final boss and <laughs> in the first third. Okay. <laughs> chapter two yeah uh yeah as as the the end cap on on the first third mm-hmm. you know the first act as you as as it were yeah it's just wild like nothing else has even been remotely that hard no uh, i'm not even using my sorcerer to cast spells he just casts haste and to be honest the haste is more to make my people move across the map faster like i don't even need it really for fights no, yeah, the the game has not gotten harder in any way. And, and maybe we're just in smooth sailing zone where D&D levels and the way that combat works are like they don't quite line up, you know, and by by the time we get to Baldur's Gate 2, they figured this out, right? They're like, OK, at these levels, this is the kind of encounters, you know, that that you got to throw out in front of people. But for Icewind Dale, it's just like uh slightly bigger and and they hit a little bit harder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the the scripting for the uh for the monsters is not particularly sophisticated it seems um oh, the, and i think i talked about this in the last episode too but my the ai for my party is completely broken at this point i can <laughs> it turn it on work i can turn it on turn it off doesn't do anything they don't do any auto attacking <laughs> Uh, but and then sometimes every now and again it it works and then they all storm across the page to, you know to go well, hit the next giant this. or whatever. You did mention that last time. Mine's working flawlessly. I can just navigate my party in a block to a place and they all do exactly what I want them to do, which is uh, one character. Uh, my uh, scald has only ever he, th- that character has killed one enemy in the entire game. Mm-hmm. That ju- that character is just playing a harp. And it's the same harp, and it just adds plus one to attack and okay. plus one to AC. That's all it does. So he's just dancing the jig. The, ar- the archer and sorcerer, Gale and Barry, uh, mm-hmm. just use a bow and a sling. Uh, and the three melee fighters, the cleric, the dwarven defender, and Balthazar the barbarian, just hit things. And that is sufficient. There's no 99% encounters. I don't need anything else unless there's a troll involved, in which case Barry gets to shine. <laughs> because he gets to fire acid arrow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how I'm handling uh, that too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I know that uh, I noticed that you have very artfully dodged your responsibility. Uh, oh, okay. No, by I, I, making I, me do it, and then I said I wouldn't, and then you just ignored that. Yeah. So let me tell you what's happened. We are a group of adventurers. We're up in Icewind Dale. Um, we are a part of a caravan. 
the caravan gets waylaid by a bunch of giants. We get split up. Most people die. We do some uh, we do some jobs for this Archdrude in Kaldahar, um, trying to get to the bottom of maybe some bad stuff happening there. But it turns out he was bad all along. And the thing that he had, the MacGuffin that he had us get um, was uh, he was really just trying to get us to, like, take out his big adversary, Exonome. And the heart of the mountain, this particular, like, stone uh, that has very magical properties, uh, we, we took it to uh, this very powerful kind of wizard over in the severed hand. And the wizard says, oh, you know what? This, this stone says you got to go to Dorne. And so we've gone, we've gone to Dorne. Have I missed anything? Well, you, you've gotten some names and big, broad ideas wrong, but no, generally not. That oh, what was that? Was it Kaldahar or was it? Well, different? the heart of the mountain is from The Hobbit. <laughs> okay. Number one. <laughs> oh, this is the heart stone. It's legally distinct. Do we know Oh, that? my God. No, it is not. It is. <laughs> uh, Arendelle wasn't bad the whole time. He was being cosplayed by a bad guy. And yeah. The real guy was up in the up in the roof but we didn't meet the real guy until the bad guy was gone teleported like, away yeah. yeah you're right yeah 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 uh broad strokes you got it right mm-hmm. that's basically it yeah we killed a bunch of people we killed a priestess of uh Aril, i think mm-hmm. yeah that was kind of a a little diversion in terms of you know what that might be the bad thing that's happening turns mm-hmm. out not the bad thing that's happening just another another person the uh the imposter wanted us to take out. Yeah, just just lay. But yeah, so now we're in Dorne. Dorne is Moria. a. It's yeah, it's Moria. It's dwarven mine. Um, and it uh, in the last episode we were talking to uh, immortal elf shade guy, and he was like, "Yeah, we all hate we hate the dwarves, don't we?" Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're going to the dwarves. And guess what? Dwarves aren't there. They're not there at all. Um, even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Uh, enemies that are here. Urogs. Urogs. Urogs, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Umber Hulks? Aren't there Umber Hulks here, too? There's uh, one Umber Hulk, uh, but that was an Umber Hulk. So, you know, we come in, there's some Urogs, we go into a cave, and there is an Umber Hulk there, and the Umber Hulk is like, hey, I'm not really an Umber Hulk. I am the inventor of the Urog. Bad, bad move, dude. Yeah, he was like, I really am remorseful for for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. For shaping flesh into a new type of being. Mm-hmm. Only baddies do that. Yeah. No no good guys like, hey, let me make a new kind of guy. A and new this, type of creature that murders. And this fellow uh, basically says, you, gotta, you, you must collect six badges. We're now in Pokemon. Well, so let me tell you this. Okay. I got all the way through the next chapter and have never met this guy. And so I was looking for, because I <laughs> I completed uh, the next chapter, chapter five, mm-hmm. so quickly that I thought, this can't be it. Like, this, there has to be more to it. So I like got on, you know, of course, sorcerers.net, mm-hmm. seeing what they were doing. And they were like, you should collect the second badge. And I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> Because I don't have the first badge. <laughs> Where's that thing? So I'm going to have to go back and meet the Umber Hulk because I never did, apparently. You skipped chapter four. I didn't skip chapter four. Did chapter four. Did all the rest of chapter four. 
just, just didn't, didn't make get this the guy. main plot thing of chapter four. This is not the main plot thing. Well, okay. It's the batch. <laughs> there, yes, it is one of the main threads of chapter four. Yeah. I just kind of thought chapter four was about killing a lich. Yeah. <laughs> with no real story content to it. Uh, so no, right, you're right. right. So just, I completed it, but not with any kind of... Uh, it felt like I just went through a dungeon. Which, no, you golden passed it so hard that yeah. uh, you missed directly south of this Umber Hulk, the guy with the badge. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing is I might have killed... I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm going to have to figure it out. And maybe it's in my inventory. I would say that a full 30% of my time playing this game is inventory management. Oh, easily. And I have... I, there is an uninterrupted two-hour and 48-minute video that I have <laughs> uploaded to Dropbox here. And yeah, I would say easily 30, 40% is just each party member. Like I know Balthazar, he's got the bag of holding. So that's general. Yep. Uh, we got... Um, the dwarf defender, whose name escapes me right now, he's got. Uh, oh gosh, what does he have? Maybe a potion uh, container. Mm -hmm. I've got my cleric. Got the gem bag on the cleric. We've got. Uh, we've got a uh, archery belt for all the arrows on the archer. Yeah, so like everybody, everybody has like their role, and so mm -hmm. uh, if, after every five or six battles, when somebody's inventory fills up, I've got to think, oh, okay, I got to redistribute this and put everything into the bags they belong to. It's fantastic. It's so good. I've never felt the. I've never felt this the same way I do in this game. Mm -hmm. Like for the most part, inventory management across the rest of the Infinity Engine games. Sometimes you got to do it, but it's never felt to me like, oh my God, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to spend a work week now sorting this out. Uh, the rest of the games, I don't know, there just seems to be like way more loot in this game than any of the other ones. Oh, 100%. They are, magical items are uh, fallen out of enemies like nobody's business. I think I probably picked up 12 plus one long swords. <laughs> yes. And they're and all, think... they all start unidentified. So like I've got to shift those to my sorcerer so they can be identified because they might be like a plus four special long sword. Mm-hmm. With the exact same icon. Exactly. Because exactly. that did happen. <laughs> I did have this exact experience. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, uh oh, a plus two sword of confusion. Well, that's cool. Um, no way to know that by looking at it. I guess that's why the identification stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, really good uh, you know, mechanical and world flavor alignment here. Where definitely. I truly can't tell the difference <laughs> between these two items. No. Um, okay, well, you uh, you did this Umber Hulk thing. What you got a, got a badge from somebody? Yeah, I got a I, I got a badge. So the idea is there are these uh, generals, I suppose, um, and each of them has this mark of authority. Um, I, I picked up a note that just had like three initials, mm -hmm. and uh, supposedly was it JTT? Oh my god! You think? J Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah, of course. Right, hot off of Home Improvement? Mm. Anyway. Okay, yeah. so what? <laughs> so no, I, I, I fight through uh, a regular old cavern with a lot of Ettons and Myconids. Um, Myconids can occasionally confuse you, but otherwise this is just a, a little bit of a cakewalk. You do, um, did you enter a hallway that was like a, a murder 
corridor, like a murder bridge with archers and a semicircle around you. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. So I think that's where you can get the first badge. There's mm. there's a Urog general there. Um, and, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of good, going through my footage here, and you can talk to him, and he, he's like, hey, it's so weird some of the dialogue you get in this game. <laughs> well, we're... <laughs> We'll talk about it in the next chapter, but I really enjoy, uh, I really enjoy that this game has so many sections of like, yeah, you don't have to fight a guy. You can just talk to a guy. Three words into that conversation, you'll have to fight the guy, but you could talk to the guy first. <laughs> yes. Um, it's really and like, and so, so it's, this guy's name's, uh, Kreelag. Okay. Um, and he's kind of a, just a big Urag general. And the first, this is the first option. Kreelag. Uh, you know, after you say, are you Kreelag? And he says, you have found him. What do you want? Two, two options. One, I have come to obtain your badge. <laughs> and, two, and two, I suggest you defend yourself. Damn. There is no... So even if you pick the first one, he's like, well, you'll have to take it by force. This happens over and over again in this game. Yes. And occasionally it doesn't, which is what is very funny to me. Yes. Where it's like, you know what? We're going to buck the trend on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, that generally is. So so no, I guess I didn't kill this guy. But on that murder bridge, there's drow, right? There are. There are drow spell swords. Um, they also die quite quickly to my min max party each of which i rolled and re-rolled stats until they had their 18 19 20 in their main mm-hmm. stat um yeah they 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 it doesn't work out for any of these people <laughs> we have been fighting our entire lives in brigand death and menzo baronzan we are the ultimate warriors mm-hmm. You're just like, hey, I was invented yeah. six hours ago. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm, I'm like the product of uh, the confluence of several planes of existence where the best possible version of me emerged. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the letter that Krelag has is... Oh, I'm some- sorry. Wait, hold on. I gotta go back. They went, They go to Bregendareth is Jarlaxle's group. They yeah. went to Melee McGurth, which oh, is the right. uh, fighter academy. I, I don't want anyone in the comments... Uh, you know, saying you read I got a that lot wrong. about that in War of the Spider Queen. Well, so you know, I didn't read, I haven't read those books, but uh, you know, I think I told you about a year ago. I think I'm just going to read all these Driss Dorden novels again. Sure. And so I'm. I just finished one last night. Finished Servant of the Shard. Ooh. Let me okay. let's let's take a little break here. Okay. Let me t- let me tell you about these books. Mm-hmm. All right. So you, hold on. I need to pull. I need to pull them up so I can tell you the uh, trilogy titles. All right. Hold on. Drizzit. Do Erden novels. There's a new one coming out, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, the Le- Legend of Drizzt. Okay, Dark Elf trilogy. Okay, you know about him growing up. Icewind Dale trilogy about him going to Icewind Dale, meeting his whole crew, all those people. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. You know, you're familiar with all these Crystal Shard and whatnot. Legacy of the Drow. Okay, that's that's when uh, the people from Menzo Baranzan decide to invade Mithril Hall. Mm-hmm. And they also have to go and do some other shenanigans elsewhere in the world. But that's like a big war set of novels. Okay, there's a pretty. I think that's uh, the, one of the climaxes is Brunor Battlehammer, like jumping and like putting his axe directly in the head of a matron mother. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. That yes, that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to say jumps on the back of a black dragon. That happens earlier. That happens. <laughs> it does a uh, lot of jumping and a big climactic <laughs> thing happens. Well, uh, Legacy of the Drow somewhere in there, maybe in Starless Night or Siege of Darkness. That's also where Wolfgar dies. Mm-hmm. And I don't get you know that's not really spoilers to say that you know these main characters are dropping like flies <laughs> all the time. But uh, you know all kinds of wild stuff happens in that. You know I'm just going to spoil it. He he they think he dies. He doesn't die. Uh, a Yoklal takes him to the abyss, and he gets tortured by uh, a demon, Urtai. Urtai? Maybe, I don't know. Some mm-hmm. demon. For like a million years in mm-hmm. abyss time, okay? Yeah. At the end, he comes back. They bring him back, because there's like a, a multiple year gap. You know, between these things. Yeah, and this is the inversion of Elminster goes to hell. Elminster went to hell. And whipped ass the whole way out. And whipped ass. <laughs> Wolfgar goes to the abyss mm-hmm. and really gets drugged through the mud here. It, he has a chair. It's awful. They they do all kinds of things that I don't even want to say on the pod, on the podcast. You know, I feel like I'd have to give a content warning for it. But things get fucking wild for a Forgotten Realms novel. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Okay. Then we get Paths of Darkness, which is the wildest thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, uh, we get a novel that is about Drizzt Doerden trying to get the, the, uh, uh, Krenshinabon and getting it stolen from him by Jarlaxle. Mm-hmm. That scamp. Okay. What a scamp. Got a big hat with a big feather on it. Yes. Great guy. Great character. Got an eye patch that's uh, fake because he uses it to, uh, ward off magic. Throws so many knives, you won't even believe. Throws a lot. Of, that's like his whole deal is throwing knives. He can teleport. He can. He has a ring that dimension doors and put and teleports them behind people. Cool guy. And, and also, real jerk. Mm-hmm. Then we get a novel that is entirely about uh, 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 um, Wolfgar living in Luskin being an alcoholic and going through extreme post-traumatic stress. That's the whole book. Damn. It's just a book about Woodman's alcohol-fueled journey to self-discovery. In the wake of being tortured for a million years. Yes, yes. It's, 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 I have no idea who greenlit this book. Interesting book, for sure, but not really of a piece with the rest with of the, the novels we've read. the fantasy adventures of, uh... <laughs> yes, of Dr- Drizzt doesn't show up in the whole book. Never appears. Okay. Then, uh, uh, there is, I, I think, Servant of the Shard. Uh, the way these are, are, are pieced together in the thing is a little bit different. Yes, Servant of the Shard is in here. Servant of the Shard is a novel that is where no one other than Jarlaxle and Artemis and Treary show up in the book at all. It is not about Drizzt anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's called The Legend of Drizzt, period. Why it's included here. Mm. It's just them hanging out in Kalimshan and Jarlaxle getting taken over by the Crystal Shard. That's the whole book. Do they have uh, fun little adventures? No! <laughs> it's just, it is about, like, Godfather-level, like... Twists and turns of organized crime in Kalimshan. Ari Salvatore is just like, I am going to use this, uh, this like Drizzt Doerden name to dabble in all the genres I never got a chance to. 
it kind of feels like that. And like the books are good, but it, we are far afield from like <laughs> what was happening two or three books ago. And I'm curious about when we come back. I've purchased them all, so I'm going to get through them all. But uh, <laughs> and I'm about it looks like a third or the way through. Um, the the other thing, I, speaking of this though, using the Drizzdor name, something that's very funny is that um, of course Salvatore brings his people from the Cleric Quintet in. So mm-hmm. the uh, the 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 finale of trying to destroy Crinchinabon is like all of his main characters who are hyper high level from the Cleric Quintet, and then Artemis and Trieri and Jarlaxle. <laughs> it's like every side character who is not a part of the Drizzt and like core crew. It's I a real no uh, what doing. Avengers Endgame moment. Yes, but if Captain America and Thor and Iron Man just weren't there. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they never showed up? Mm-hmm. So uh, so that is happening. But what's very funny is that they're like, Artemis and Treary and Jarlaxle just running around in the countryside now, finding their fortune. And every place they go to, Jarlaxle's like, yeah, I'm Drizzt Dorn. I'm the nice guy. I'm, I'm really cool, and I save people all the time. I'm him. And it, Because no one, everyone knows that Drizzt's a drow, but they have no idea what he looks like. Oh. Because he's legendary you know, sure. at this point. So that's really fun to me. Uh, all right, back to uh, Icewind Dale. <laughs> no. That's my update. I'll give an update when I uh, finish all these. Well, I mean, I think we, let's keep that in mind uh, mm. because we're also on an adventure here. And let's see how the tone of the adventure we're on in Icewind Dale, the game, mm-hmm. matches or doesn't match with the the, the disparate discordant chords <laughs> of, uh, of Ari mm-hmm. Salvatore's books. Well, I can already say that Ari Salvatore's books have conversations where people have more than one back and forth volley. So. That don't end in a fight. <laughs> that don't, well, many of them end in a fight, but some of them don't. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's also, uh, sorry, I got to go back to it really quickly. So there's this character named Morik the Rogue who becomes okay. like Wolfgar's best friend. And he's like a real asshole in a scamp. And he kind of, he's got a little bit of a heart of gold, but not too much. You know, he's like chaotic neutral, probably. And uh, there's a point where the drow are going, they make Artemis and Truri assassinate Morik, but Morik is such a good character that R.A. Salvatore clearly cannot bring himself to kill him, and so invents this entirely contrived set of circumstances to keep him alive. And I he was dies, like, and then it's like an Ocean's Eleven montage of how, no, he's not actually dead. <laughs> it kind of is like that. Mm-hmm. Artemis and Truri has to, like, falsify, like, the evidence of murdering him uh, <laughs> to prove to the drow that he is dead. So, yeah, but, and because the drow, like, everyone in these games or in these books, they're like, it's like they're in the tabletop game, right? So, like... They're all high level. We're at the point now where they're like talking about spell casting times and shit. Like <laughs> this is second edition, <laughs> like very high up. And so, yes, it's like Artemis and Truri will, will be, he is clearly like the, his internal monologue is responding to like the D and D nerd who is reading the book. And so he's like, ah, oh, yes, I want to make it seem like I killed Morik the Rogue, but clearly the Drow are high-level spellcasters, so they would be able to scry on me. How might I be able to defer their scry away from <laughs> my conversation with Morik? There are, there are huge passages like that in these books at this point, of just like responding to the inevitable letters that R.A. Salvatore will receive from people who are like, well, I know that in this source book they say blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because and, uh, the, the primacy great. lies not with a story and the system is not an attempt to like uh, describe the story. It's very much the opposite. 
it, the system is the metaphysical laws of the universe. Yes. And the story lies upon the top of that. Yes. And it's <laughs> so it's, it's like an adaptive thing to read through. Fascinating to see that. And I, I imagine at some point that goes away. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious when. And, you know, there's got to be a big time jump here at some point coming up. But uh, we'll, we'll figure it out um, uh, as we go. So, yeah. Um, I pick up a note to Crelag. Okay. And it is a very patronizing note signed by, signed in the blood of our father, comma, RBP. Okay. And the note says, hey, uh, I've got your, uh, I've given you a badge. This is a badge of lieutenancy. And so it's, uh, it's a symbol of your authority. And if you ever uh, need to have an audience with me, you got to bring your badge. Think of it as a key, one of six keys to a lock. Don't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then uh, it. <laughs> it then says, "Hey, your nearest peer is Craig Frostbeard in Wormstooth, and if you ever need assistance, go to him. And remember to defend the stronghold with your lives, because if you survive failure, your suffering will be monumental. If you have any trouble understanding any portion of this letter, have Adarinak or one of the other Drow mercenaries explain it to you." So, oh, oh, Jesus Christ, a little patronizing to the Urog general. Yeah, this 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 guy who was constructed by an Umber Hulk not fifteen minutes ago. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's really like being like, okay, Frankenstein's monster. If you know your own name, <laughs> yeah. If you have any trouble, how about you run this by uh, the werewolf or Dracula? that old blind man that you live with? <laughs> That's right. Deep cuts to the plot, Frankenstein. <laughs> But uh, the okay, well, yeah. So I just actually just went through this. Oh, I guess before that, there is a uh, there's a there's a little puzzle to do. There is a puzzle, and this is a puzzle. You have to do this puzzle to like mm -hmm. progress through this area. Yeah, it's to like unlock to get down to. Basically, it's like the dwarven hall, and then getting into the hall, and then there are uh, there is the forge. And then the forge is attached to the halls of the dead. And you, in, in your head, you can kind of imagine, okay, like, this is like the whole dwarven deal here, right? They like, they have the forge, which is obviously sacred to them. You know, it's a religious kind of thing. And then attached to that would be their crypts. Mm -hmm. You know, the halls of the dead, or tears of the dead is what they're called. Yeah. Um, so like, all this makes sense. And there's like a little puzzle to get down in there. I thought this is a cool little puzzle. I actually like this. Was there a hint anywhere? Yeah, there was. Where was it? It was on the table. Uh, above it in the room right before you go into it the ah. table itself has some so the puzzle is some concentric circles and you have to like go to and they're cut into like pies mm -hmm. you know pie pieces and each pie piece has a symbol in it and you have to move from out to in by navigating to those symbols and basically. when you when you uh, step on the correct symbol the, the traps that lay on all of the other symbols in that concentric circle are deactivated, and they're not reactivated until you step on an incorrect pie slice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't... Re like, I looked for a, a, a hint in that room, and then I started to brute force it, and when I realized it could be brute forced with enough saves and loads, I just looked up the answer online. I shortcut it. <laughs> I was like, once it is, once I know it is possible to brute force it, there's no need for me to invest my actual time into doing that. 
I just noticed the table in the previous room. I was like, this is a very conspicuous looking table. There you go. With like yeah. with big symbols drawn on it. That seems quite weird. And then I got into the next room and I was like, here's a big circle with mm-hmm. a bunch of symbols drawn on it. That seems quite obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of like happened to notice the thing on it. But, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought that was like a very sensible D and D puzzle. Yeah, um, I would but, I would put that in a uh, in a you know in a in a campaign that was leaning into a lot of traps and D and D type stuff in the in the vein of this. I, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. a problem having that at a table. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very very resolvable. You know, give a little time, a couple people thinking about it. Uh, but then you do that, you get down to the forge, and there's like a bunch of ghosts and, and ghoulies around. Yeah, there's uh, one ghost in particular at the forge that uh, gives you the lay of the land here. Norlanor is his name. And Norlanor is... <laughs> Norlanor... <laughs> I mean, basically he just says, yeah, there's a lich. Um, <laughs> there's a lich there. in there. It's real bad. Uh, he gives you a little backstory. There was a dwarven hero that um, fought against <laughs> this uh, this undead invasion that befell Dorne. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> he even in the conversation is like, boy, Dorne's had some tough days because, you know, in addition to being taken over by orcs after the, the uh, you know, the fall of the Elven Dwarven Alliance, we also had this awful undead invasion. And boy, howdy, it was terrible. Did you did you uh, notice how the undead invasion happened? Oh, gosh. There was a portal to the negative plane of energy. <laughs> they dug so deep that they dug into a portal there you go. into the negative energy plane. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All but uh, it was it was just instead of a Balrog, it's a it's a lich. Yeah. Yes. But there's something so funny to me about like. Because one can imagine, you know, we've played Minecraft. Oh, we dug too deep. Oh, there's a cave system. Oh, Balrog coming out, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, these people live down here, and that's scary. It's so much worse to, like, tink, tink, tink. What is this? Oh, my gosh, the negative energy plane. <laughs> <laughs> and it just starts spilling out into your shit. Mm-hmm. That just seems bad. It also seems, how was that just encapsulated by rock? You know? I mean, a wizard. Oh, sure. Yeah. I guess a wizard did it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was apparently like a dwarven hero who valiantly fought against the undead and was basically blessed by a dwarven deity um, to uh, and like undead were just evaporating around him. Uh, so he said, well, what you got to do is you get, you're going to have to, uh, get this lich's phylactery, which in order to get the lich's phylactery, you need to get the lich's key to the lich's tomb. And then you need to use that key to open the lich's tomb, grab the phylactery. You're probably going to have to kill the lich at least once to get the key, but yeah, get the key, grab the phylactery. Then you need to take the phylactery to the, this dwarven hero's tomb and, and like throw it back into the negative plane of energy or something. Yeah, that's is the dwarven hero. Is that Jaloth? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, mm-hmm. not Jared. Not J- different guy. Different, different guy. Hero. Different guy that we I, have not talked about really since no. like the prologue of this. No, of this there game. was a whole cutscene dedicated to that guy. Well, I mean, I called it back then, and he's like frozen in time, fighting guys still. But uh, you know, I called it back then. We're gonna have to kill that guy at the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I actually like the mechanic here in the Cheers of the Dead of, um, that the, the lich continues to respawn if you don't get rid of the phylactery, yeah, which is no. like how phylacteries work. I think that's cool. 
that, that that did work. I think that he only came back once for me, uh, and the mo- like it was the moment before I was taking the phylactery to the tomb. So he spawned and then immediately died. Um, but uh, not particularly challenging, as we were talking about. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yep. on, and on that's lich it. fight. That's what you want out of a lich fight. You need to destroy a phylactery. Yeah, I mechanically great, fun to do. Did a whole thing, and then we lit the forge again, right? Wasn't that also a thing that we did? We lit the forge, and the ghost was like, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, you can get the key to the next area in the, for- <laughs> in the forge. <laughs> thank you. I'm now cozy. You can get the key. Yeah, so we did that, and went, went and cracked open a door, walked through that bad boy. Now we're in Chapter 5. That's right. And in chapter the, five, the, yeah. I, I have to say this. The fight against Yuxoname took me as long as completing this entire chapter. Oh, 100%. Easily. <laughs> this was just so, cruising. And I even, I kind of 100%ed this. I like explored all of the areas. Um, oh, we didn't talk about, uh, I mean, we don't have to talk about, but there's a, there's a wizard named Bandoth hanging out also. And he's like, hey, my apprentice disappeared. Can you find him? Oh, yeah. And, and you find that body, and I think you have to bring the body back. I did and not bring the body back. I didn't. I didn't resolve the quest. Uh, I don't think anything happens. Yeah, yeah. Probably get some experience. Yeah, you do, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's. You know, uh, there's no plot critical information. Shockingly, I yeah. know. I know you're surprised by me saying that, but uh, so yeah. Then we go into chapter five. Chapter five is uh, on a glacier. It's based. I really like the uh, what do you call it. Um, transition description here you know they give a little thing because it's like you start walking through this pathway and the walls turn from stone to ice it looks like the dwarves have dug into a glacier and then for some reason we are then on top of a glacier yes a little unusual but i guess we we kind of entered dorn went Mm -hmm. down a little bit and we've exited like a back way onto a glacier and now we're we're back behind it and it's real it's real cold and frozen back here Yep, start walking around. There's like a big castle-looking thing, except it's not a castle. It is something called... It's labeled a museum. It's a museum. Um, Fighting a lot of trolls out here. There's a lot of trolls. uh, Melf's Acid Arrow, Flame Arrow as well. Um, You know, things to to kill trolls on. So that's Uh, really... The only thing that adds any time or any friction to the combat is having to, like, manually target a troll body. Yep, Melf's minute mini- meteors mm-hmm. getting cast on people. Hoo, 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 throwing those things around. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's good. You know, I like I like a good troll fight. You know, I th- at this point I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I know how to do it, so it's interesting. But so yeah, tell me how you did this museum because I did it kind of completely ass backwards. Interesting. I and went- that was very apparent immediately. Oh, interesting. I went and encountered. A lower portion, like I went into the lower portion of the museum and encountered a bunch of, there's an entire room filled with NPCs with the name Slave. Okay, so this is exactly what I did. Yeah, so I I understand exactly what you mean when you say it felt very backwards. So I talked to the, like, there are two named people in this room. I talked to the one on the left and he's like, yeah, I'm surrounded by books. And one of my dialogue option is, hey, does any of these books tell you how to fix that bridge over there? Because <laughs> there's a broken bridge in like the overworld map here. And he says, yep, there sure is. And then I, with the book, 
I have now enough knowledge of engineering to fix a bridge. Talk to the other one, and he says, yep, we are, we have been imprisoned by a bunch of, uh, we're slaves, and we're slaves of specifically these, like, frost salamanders. And the way he describes the frost salamanders is, it's almost like he opened up the monster manual. (laughs) Did you remember this? <laughs> no, I, I don't remember this. Uh, I believe they are called frost salamanders. They have humanoid torsos, reptilian heads, and serpentine tails. They have an aura of cold about them and seem to thrive here in the glacier. <laughs> they have a weakness to flame and a resistance to cold. Yeah. Uh, about 100% or so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not know that. <laughs> it's really good. It. So, yeah, this is Gareth. And uh, he basically says, yeah, we escaped. Wait, hold on. His name is Gareth? Yes, G-A-R-E-T-H. His name is Gareth, and he tells you to find a game named Karish, or a guy named Karish, or a salamander named Karish. Yeah. Gareth and Karish. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> great, cool. Um, Sorry. There are two flavors of names. There's the Yuxonomes of the game, and there are the Gareths of the game. <laughs> the ga- yep. The, uh, he, he, I liked his little story he told, right? He says, like, we've all been enslaved here. Where do all the slaves come from? Like, how would you get a human being to this location, period? We're, we're everywhere, man. <laughs> human beings are everywhere, bro. Truly, forgotten realms. truly the you cockroaches forgot- <laughs> of the forgotten realms. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm confused about that just to begin with. But yes, yeah, so there's a lot of them here. There's like 10 people here. Mm-hmm. And, uh. He says, yeah, so we've been enslaved here for a while. There's a woman named Vera who noticed that there was a room that no one, that the salamanders wouldn't go to. And she snuck into it and realized it was warm in here. It was an AC unit. It was a heating (laughs) unit. Basically, yes. Uh, And also he gives the description too. He's like, oh yeah, and Vera also found some like, uh, like machinery that looked like it could heat up the whole place. Mm Mm-hmm. But she tinkered with it and uh, thought it was working, and we waited for days, and it never worked. The mm-hmm. AC never came on, uh, and so eventually we, you know, we made a break for it, and all came in this room. But we're all dying and starving to death because it's a frozen tundra everywhere. It's it is the ultimate ice salamander zone, literally everywhere else for hundreds of miles. Yeah, and the only it, reason why the ice salamanders have not retrieved them from this little library is that the heater is working here. And it is warm yep. enough that they don't like it. Um, so we now have a mission to like go and check out the ice salamanders and f- try to find Vera. Um, I go and th- they immediately, they're not hostile. And they say, hey, do you want to go talk to our leader? And I say, yes. And the leader, it like offers, like basically, it, this is this is one of the few times where you, you don't have to do combat. Yeah. The leader says, hey, you can gain the trust of these you know, slaves so that we can like get them. And I just like left the dialogue and killed the leader and then killed every frost salamander here. Oh, that's, that's very funny. So what I, so because, uh, Gareth, he says, Hey, we can escape, but there's a locked gate that keeps us from doing that. Sure. And so I did the same thing, go up, I I speak to Karish Mm -hmm. and I was like, he was like, you can get the, you know, the, uh, the trust of these guys and I'm going to get them. You know, and I said, well, I need to go to the surface. Can I have the key? Like, I'll do that. But can I have the key to go, to go up to the surface? And he's like, well, what? The, the slaves will escape. 
And I said, I won't let that happen. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll keep track of that. Don't. I, I'll lock the door behind me. Let, this literally is like the level of dialogue of what is happening here. I was like, I'll take care of that. Don't worry about it. And he's like, all right, but make sure that they don't escape. And then I immediately went downstairs and I was like, hey, here's this key. You can have it. Peace out. Gareth leaves. I go into the next room and then a bunch of like ice trolls and salamanders attack me. Oh, so the salamanders do turn hostile after when, you. when? Well, so I never went back up into the museum. I never went up again. Just when I had to come backward mm. uh, through the um, like the little entry, the foyer mm-hmm. uh, that allows you to go up. So it's basically like you go into a room from the hot room. Yeah, you go into another cold room, and there's a gate there that's locked. After this point, after you give uh, Gareth the key, that gate is now unlocked. That takes you to the top of the glacier. And allows you to do some other stuff. But yeah, so I've, I think I fought three salamanders total. Never went back to the top of the museum. I'm sure there's Never interesting stuff Vera. in there. Never found Vera. Sorry, you should have stayed with your crew. Yeah, so I, uh, I kill all the salamanders. I go to Vera and she's like, have you, uh, how, how do I know I can trust you? And I said, I just killed the salamander leader and every salamander here. And she's like, okay, I think I can trust you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you're she says, wiping, we, uh, you know, antifreeze off your sword. Yeah, and uh, and so she says we well, have to help them escape. So I literally just go and give them the key, uh, and then I go back to Vera and said I help them escape. And she says, okay, I will escape too. And then I got quest XP. That was it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that there should be more of this in tabletop role-playing games i think dms should not be afraid to just give players things they ask for i feel like in a tabletop session uh there there would be a temptation right to either gate getting the key from a per se a persuasion role or a uh like okay well you need to do something for me before i give you this key I think more DMs should just like sometimes players just ask for things, and I think that sometimes it should you should be okay with making the players feel clever for even asking for the key. This is the controversial opinion from Danny about. I don't think it's a controversial key. opinion. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds good. Generally, you got to think about like what your. Uh, I think that is often constrained by two things: DM One, planning. <laughs> Number one, DM planning. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, This was our adventure for today. So, uh, you know, how quick is your DM on their feet Mm -hmm. uh, with coming up with some additional stuff to do that day? Uh, Number two, um, what are the implications of that? Because I actually think that's really great. I think it's good to be like, hey, you can have the key. Or actually, I think I would do this. I think I probably wouldn't hand the key over. I think I would say, oh, I'll unlock the gate for you to let you through and I'll lock it behind you. Sure. Right. So like that kind of gives you what you want in the sense of if you really want to go through that gate, if what you're trying to do is do what I did, you know, and sneakily free the slaves. Well, no, maybe I would just do that. And th- then the uh, then you got to like then there know, are consequences to have consequences. Freed the slaves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Let people do the thing and then give consequences. I think I think that, uh, you know. Yeah, don't yeah. gate consequences. Correct. Yeah. yeah that's, the that's consequences are the fun thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I I do the thing and, and, the, and the, these particular slaves that we're encountering in Chapter 5 have been freed. Yeah. These, Spoiler alert. This one group of <laughs> slaves, yes. Um, a little, so you got to go outside. 
you got to go repair that bridge we were talking about. Which is immediate. Happens very quickly. No cutscene involved. No cutscene. Doesn't even change, to, like, visuals. <laughs> no. It's the same broken-looking bridge. Here's something really interesting, right? We often talk about the relationships between video games, you know, and tabletop role-playing, all kinds of stuff like that. Here's something very interesting. So you have played Dark Souls 3. Yes. Right? You have played Ashes of Ariandel. Yes. The, like, kind of frozen world. There's a, very famously, a big bridge that you can knock down in that. And then uses a ladder. And then uses a ladder. That is inspired by this game. No way. Yeah, absolutely. How so? There's an interview about it. So d- d- could this bridge be knocked down and used as a ladder? No, I, the, they just had more going on. And they built on the idea in Dark Souls 3, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. But this idea of a frozen world with a ladder in it that you have to manipulate. That's a whole Icewind Dale, baby. Whoa. Just like the inspiration. Just this aesthetic. Yes. Yes. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. You know, it's in the same way we talk about it's a small world. Like all of of these things are interacting with one another. Mm. Um, It's a small world after all. It's true. There's an icy (laughs) world. And a bridge. And a bridge. A, uh, a so what happens when bridge. you a, a broke bridge that still looks broke even after you use an engineering manual on it? Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you uh, what do you do after you get across that bridge? This is actually I liked this area. It is a cave mm-hmm. system, and there are some little doors in the cave system, or like passageways that you click, and it doesn't take you to a new map. It just takes you to another section of that map. Yeah, this is a trick that gets used, I think, in the Thieves Guild in Baldur's Gate 2, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, with like the labyrinth and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just basically setting locations. So whoever made this little piece, you know, whichever designer was making this little thing, really thought about like, what are the tools in front of me and how can I make that novel and interesting? And I thought that was cool. And also, and like, I like the uh, I like the efficiency of it, that it's one big screen and that I don't have to like... Oh, have I explored that area? Well, let me go to that zone and then yeah. check, double check the map there. So it, it's just really efficient. There are a couple of things in this cave system. There is the one of the first things I run into is a little den of like frost worms. Mm-hmm. They end- w w y r m like old dragons, mm-hmm. and uh, they can talk. And one of them just admits to eating people. So I and I think the dialogue responses well this just can't stand. I can't abide by this. So I do that and they say, Well well, you must abide and then they attack me. I thought this was what's the what's the our little gremlin from Throne of Ball? What's his name? Mm-hmm. Um hold on. Throne of Ball Little Gremlin. Imp. I think he's an imp crafting. What's his name? Cespinar. Cespinar. Mm-hmm. Cespinar. I thought these were little Cespinars, these and little... I was kind of disappointed yeah. when they weren't. Uh, but yeah, the one I talked to was Frostbite, so I killed them. Then I move on, and there's some giants, and I and I one of the dialogue options. They're not hostile. Uh, one of the dialogue options is merely, um, "Hey, take me to your leader," and he says, "I'm not doing that." 
Uh, the leader is literally 50 yards away, so I could just walk past. But at first, I think, oh, my God, do I have to fight them? Like, will they not take me to their leader? No, I can just walk past. And there's leaders up there. Yeah. So I. It, it's a real, like, actual guard in real life. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Use the elevator, you <laughs> yes. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, uh, you can go and talk. And I knew, like, some lore about this particular leader named... Uh, Gosh, Jorel or something. Jorel, yeah, yeah. And I knew that uh, lieutenants are supposed to choose their successors, but Jorel didn't was not chosen. Jorel killed his father in order to get this position. Yeah, we I, we can learn that I think from a note that is in where the warm room. Correct. Where uh, Jareth. I think the Umber Hulk might also uh, tell you a little bit about this, but so uh, I think okay. that there is a way to like outsmart Jorill or like convince Jorill that he is not the rightful leader to give up his badge. Um, I never saw that in my dialogue, despite knowing this information. So I just killed him and all of these frost giants. And I think this is just an artifact of like second edition and older editions of D&D. Every time you increase in size, so when you go from a medium creature to a large creature or a large creature to a huge creature, there's uh, an AC penalty. Uh, And correspondingly, when you get small, there's an AC bonus. Um, So like sprites are harder to hit because they're small. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... My hit rate against all of these things that, you know, I, my, my parties at this point probably either, you know, in the 9 to 12 range, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe even at this point 10 to 12, they can't not, they can't miss. They're just period. They can't miss against any of these frost giants. So I'm sure they do a lot of damage. Uh, my two frontline fighters have 173 and 153 HP respectively. Uh, wow. And the Dwarven Defender's armor class is negative 10. Um, yeah, I think I'm down to negative seven. Yeah. So I am yeah, stacking. Pretty- I have like, he's got full mithril plus two. He's got like a, a tower shield. He's got an axe that gives him more armor class. It's, it's, he's virtually impossible to hit. So it's just a, it feels like this should be a hard fight because it does the very fact that it isn't automatically hostile. Um, it feels like they are giving you the option to avoid mm-hmm. combat. Uh, but the moment I run into any roadblock uh, in dialogue, I'm like, okay, well, this can be solved in combat two times more quickly. Well, so that was that's actually kind of a weird thing that happened here uh, because I was like, I couldn't resolve it through dialogue because he, obviously he's not going to give up his thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was really trying to think. I was like, all right, what are the ways that I could do that? And I thought, oh, I could pickpocket the thing off of him. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I guess because he's maybe a monster or something, but like I, my character, my thief just stood there and like didn't get a failure, didn't get a... Not a valid and, target. I no, Didn't even get a not valid target. He just stood there with the activation like blinky thing going the whole time. It just never triggered. So I played around with it for a few minutes to see if I could do anything else and uh, I couldn't. So yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, we are thankfully at the point now where Tony Monsters has got Monster Summon in three. He's got Summon Spiders. Ooh. He's got Summon them dead. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like to summon some high level creatures up and then haste them and then uh, fireball into off the screen like I've done in, on many occasions now at this point in these uh, in the show and then send my monsters over. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, once uh, things stop happening, I summon more monsters and send them over. Mm. And then once things stop happening, I summon more monsters and send them over. And then I go and see what's happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Occasionally, in between those waves of monsters, I fireball off the screen again. So, uh, but, you know, uh, through this, because uh, there's more cave and there's more giants to fight, I, uh, I ended up in the same place where you were, where, like, they are... I, my people just wreck through these things. And also, uh, Ticklevar shooting chromatic orb at these things. I guess their spell save is low mm. or something, but uh, they were getting paralyzed a good 50% of the time. Mm. And so they're not even reacting to anything. Yeah. Uh, then I find a pin, like a circular pin just north of the giants. There's some loot here. Etc. But there's a circular mm-hmm. pen, and there is uh, another like bunch of NPCs with the name Slave. And it's funny because I'm able to like talk to them and immediately like resolve every issue that they have because I've already solved it. I think that when you look at the map, there are actually two ways to get to that pen. You can mm-hmm. go through the Frost Giant's uh, throne room, or you can go like kind of north from the entrance and then west. Uh, to kind of go the back way. So you could theoretically interact with uh, these enslaved humans before interacting with either the giants or those frost worms. That's not what I ended up doing. But anyway, I'm able to I'm able to free them. They were they were going to be like fed to these worms, it seems. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, and then the final area in this has uh a crew of people uh, seeking vengeance on you for killing that priestess of Aurel. I thought that was great. It was, was a really was it's, cool. it's underneath uh, half of a, a dragon skeleton. Yeah. Um, there's a caster. Uh, there are three like big beefy knight characters. Uh, the combat goes exactly the way all of the combat went, and they. <laughs> <laughs> that we've talked about this episode um, absolutely just sent Balthazar berserking directly to the caster and evaporated him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it, it may well be that like, if that combat goes on too long, maybe the caster could cast some like defensive wards that could make taking him out problematic. Nope. No, I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I, uh, I basically powered that person down mm-hmm. immediately. Con, Contic, I think is their name, mm-hmm. uh, is her name. She's a priestess. And, uh, yeah, just, just obliterated her. Mm-hmm. Um, dropped a lot of cool gear. I don't know if you saw that, but, like, a bunch of Ariel blessed stuff. Yeah. W- weirdly enough, Ariel... The, the other person that we fought was a priestess. Mm-hmm. This is a wizard. Yes. Uh, and so I had a bunch of wizard shit on. Yeah. And so I was it, like, All there's right, an, unfortunately, my, Barry, my sorcerer, mm-hmm. can't wear oh, yeah. a robe that was dropped because you got to be evil. Yeah, Rover the Evil Arch Magi. Kind is, of a classic uh, thing. T- Tony Monster's evil? No, Tony Monster's not evil. Mm, there you go. Cha- I think chaotic good. Because mm-hmm. uh, monsters can do what they want. Monsters can you can- imagine being like a, like a ghoul, just like chomping down on some bones in some deep dark crypt, and you get teleported into Icewind Dale, and then, and then been like, and you get hasted. So like your 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 ghoul magical metabolism is working as hard as it ever has before, and then you have to like bull rush charge into five ice giants. Yeah, you have no idea why you're there. No idea. But you're compelled. Yeah. 
And you're like, hell yeah, I'm cool. I'm doing it. Let's do it. So it's it's not anyway. horror. No. You're not it's, locked yeah. in. You're not locked in there with Frost Chimes. They're locked in there with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes, you, I mean, you know, half the time you live, you get unsummoned. You just go right back to where you were. Mm-hmm. Which has got to be even weirder. And here's the thing, too. At this point, Tony Monsters, due to his level, is summoning uh, uh, Orogs or whatever we were just talking about. Wow. So where did they come from? Also created by that Umber Hulk. I guess so. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But um, but then you do that. But so here's here's like a weird thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. So before I did the Giants, I go to... I uh, uh, free the slaves. They open that gate. Mm-hmm. I go through that gate. It takes you to like an overworld section where you can like go back to Kaldahar and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Right. I go to... I, I go to Kaldahar, do my inventory, blah, blah, blah. There's three caves you can go to. One says like Dorn's Deep, Lower Dorn's Deep. One's like Upper Dorn's Deep. And one is back to the glacier. So it's basically like, hey, you can go to all three of these areas from this one spot. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I just go into the next area. I'm like, all right, this is continuing to be chapter five. Nope. Chapter six. Chapter six. So I initially did the whole thing in about 15 minutes, uh, not doing the giants at all. You're like, okay, so I, here's chapter four and five. Chapter four, zip, no badge. Chapter five, yeah, zip, yes. no badge. You're in chapter six. I don't know what... I don't know anything about badges. And that is when point. and that is when you messaged me on Discord and say, "Hey, let's just do uh go and do chapter 4 <laughs> and 5." Is that is this accurate? <laughs> no, that's not what that that uh, weirdly enough was unrelated. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about like uh, let's just economically do these at one time instead of doing two episodes. There was not but, enough content to do chapter 4 an hour on no, that. N- no, well that's kind of I was looking back at my notes, I think, from uh from before and I was like, "I don't know if we got enough here." We we have to be doing some filibustering a little bit, but uh, but yeah. So that's the thing is I like, and so that that when I jumped into chapter six, I was like, I have to be missing some stuff. What is going on here? And so that that is when I like hopped on sorcerers.net and I was like, oh okay, whew, let me go back. And now I have noticed that I have missed this first one, and I, I guess off episode, I will just go and collect that last thing because luckily it's going to be easy to do. It's just in that first segment of. Uh, Gordon's deep. Yes, very very easy, uh, certainly easier than the uh, Frost Giants, but this is wild. There is one chapter left in this game. We need to collect four more badges and then use the badges somehow to, I'm just extrapolating here, I guess confront the final boss of the game? Yeah, fight some big bad, figure out who's behind all this stuff. It's probably that gremlin who was pretending to be Arendelle. I would imagine. Uh, it's got to be, right? Jared has to make an appearance. <laughs> what if Jared never shows up again? I have a lot of respect for this game uh, if Jared does not show up. Like, Me imagine too. if, uh, like, Dark Souls 1 opens <laughs> and it's it's the lore scroll, but then your story is utterly unrelated <laughs> to the Age of Fire, to Gwen. You don't meet any of them. I think that would have been amazing. Just important context. You should know. You should know that this is like the world you live in, and it informs like historically. It informs like the baddies you will fight. Those baddies are unrelated yeah. to this history. It's kind of like doing social studies. You know, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know how much the Constitution in, as a document and, and the way it was produced. I don't know how much that really has an impact on my day to day life. Mm-hmm. But 
important context in, for many things that I'm stuff doing. that happened. Here's a thing that happened. It really is. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're about to vote for the first time. You just turned 18 in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, an old man approaches you. He's like, there's something you should know before you cast your vote. <laughs> and then he just tells you about the Constitutional Convention. <laughs> All these people got together. All these people got together. Are these and parties someone... still around? No. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Well, kind of, it depends. <laughs> like, I, I don't know about this. Do I want to be a part of this <laughs> as part of my thing? Probably not, but you kind of have to, because otherwise someone's boot's going to be on your neck immediately. <laughs> also, people will people will really insult you for not participating in this. <laughs> They'll blame you if you don't. <laughs> What about all those people on Twitter who say it doesn't matter? They don't matter. <laughs> They're the ones who don't matter. Benjamin Franklin went to France. Well, Woke yeah, ben that kind of is how it is. <laughs> You'll have to tell that story at some point I on will. the show. Maybe on the next uh, monthly podcast. But uh, yeah, so I guess in the next episode, we're finishing the game. We're finishing the game. And uh, depending on how long that takes, we might either finish the game and have our final thoughts on uh, on I, this I interesting <laughs> game uh, object called Icewind Dale. Um, it's I feel looking confident likely. we will do both in one. <laughs> I'm also going to say this. Just pure called shot. And I'm sorry if you were hoping for this, but we're not going to get there. I'm not playing Heart of Winter. Mm-hmm. Like the expansion pack, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, what I is? Have, do we, do no, we know what that is? I think it's like a little standalone. Mm-hmm. I right, let me look. I'll look right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's much like Sword Coast, not Sword Coast Adventures. That's its own thing. But the uh, you know like Werewolf Island from Baldur's Gate One uh, expansion pack. Uh, oh yeah, because we already talked to this guy. We have Hilder. And we and I think we've already talked about the fact that so it's basically a little like three or four area additional little thing. Yeah, probably around the realm of like a uh, maybe a chapter in the game, but it seems mm-hmm. completely optional. And uh, yeah, uh, first designer mentioned on uh, on Wikipedia here, Joshua Sawyer. Mm. Trials of the Lore Master. Oh, it's like there's like a little uh, Durlax Tower here too. Oh yeah, because apparently uh, Heart of Winter was criticized for being too short, so they just—that's what it seems like. They just uh, popped out Trousel Lermaster. But yeah, I am not going to contest your uh, statement that you will not play <laughs> that you will not play yeah. Heart of Winter. I, I'm I, I don't think uh, I'm not dying on that hill. No, I just don't think that uh, I don't. I I'm enjoying playing Icewind Dale for the first time. I think it's perfectly fine, like as a thing. Um, I th- this is not when I'm thinking about you know I, I'm thinking about uh, uh, experience above replacement here, sure. right? Like I, I'm thinking about what what is this versus something else we could be thinking about or doing. And I think in a broad sense, I would rather like save my uh, CR isometric CRPG energy to like take a swing at Pillars of Eternity uh, rather than, you know, burning myself out here on playing one more episode of a game that that is, you know, kind of right at mid-level here for me. Yeah. Neither good nor bad. Um, and I know people are hankering for that, and we'll see maybe toward the end of the year. I, I basically, at this point, I, I'm having to bounce back and forth between too much future and 
mages and murder dads because doing both of these together is very hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we did one of those seasons that were kind of like aligned together that was very difficult yeah to do. also i think that just in terms of heart of winter and its place as an expansion pack versus say the expansions of new vegas right uh, yeah i don't think that there's going to be enough to talk about and digest in hearts of winter to really make that worth it yeah yep uh okay cool so we'll be back within two weeks with the next episode we'll be talking about the end of icewind dale ciao Stay at the mind of the